Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Challenge Final Reckoning Wrap Up Podcast for Episode 9. I am Brian Cohn. Here with me, as always, is my co-host, Allie Lesher. Allie, how are you? I'm doing really well. Um, This is not what I was planning to say, but we had to start recording over, and I noticed the first time you had dragged out the how are you particularly long. I thought it was a one-off thing. You did it again. Was that like a plan? I, I try to mix it up. Sometimes I drag out the how are you. Sometimes I go really slow. Sometimes I go really fast. I don't know. It's my own little spin on my same open that I do every time. People really sometimes ask me, as I say, really do ask me. That doesn't make sense. Why would I lie? People ask me sometimes, like, if I notice the way you introduce the show with your little, like, quirks of how are you, whatever. Right. I'm just too busy worrying about what I'm going to say in response <laughs> ever listen. Plus, it's my own little subtle dig at us sometimes, how we aren't always here when I say in my calls, as always. It's a little, like, my own little kind of, like, shot. But it's, like, a fun shot at both of us. I don't know if anyone ever notices that I'm doing that, but... That should not be a shot. I spill blood to be here. Don't even get me started. <laughs> I know, I know. It's more so for me, because I'm usually not here. Uh, I was what I was going to say, my very briefly planned intro is that I felt like this episode was aptly titled with the title Growing Pains, because I think this episode was a little bit of like growing pains for the format. So did you see the tweet that someone put out this week? I wish I, I could try actually pull it up. I could give them the credit, but that all of the episode titles have been like not puns, but like takeoffs of TV shows. Is that true? Did they provide a list? Yeah, I'm going to go pull up the tweet right now because I retweeted it. And it's like one of the greatest things it like. It's one of those like tweet things that like when someone goes back and like it blows your mind. Oh, actually, it was, I haven't tweeted in a while. So it was my last one. It was from. Oh, this is a hell of a t- uh, handle. X suicidal panda. <laughs> so there you go that. Uh, so the episode titles have been uh, six feet under. The Young and the Reckless, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, The Affair, Breaking Bread, A Series of Unfortunate Events, Big Little Eyes, Shameless, and now this one. See, I'm a little disappointed in myself because the three I think I knew that I even said on this podcast was The Affair and Breaking Bread, I knew. And I feel like those two should have been enough to put it together. <laughs> yeah, so... Look at uh, MTV getting a little, little crafty with their episodes. Everybody's got to have fun. <laughs> you know, sometimes got to make work fun. That was like the tweet that went viral about the people who, uh, the person who like wrote out the song to Bohemian Rhapsody like backwards over their last like thousand tweets. That was fun. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Already. So someone will know. Someone will definitely know. Um, I'm sure they will. Uh, when you said the tweet that went viral, I was worried it could be anything. I wasn't sure if you're going to get political. What was going to happen here? Well, there's there's some viral stuff in the challenge world, but that was talking about. Um, let's you mean, well, let's get to that a little later, because I don't know if I have what you have, but I got a lot. OK, my bag of tricks there's is full <laughs> and it came from all Tabby. sides. I did my own little groundwork. We obviously have digital communications manager uh, Megan Elizabeth with her ear to the ground. We had some other people tweeting at us. I'll credit later when I get to that part of my notes. So it was a full service week. It was. And it was a full service episode. There was a lot of uh, like it's tough. Like, I, I like this season. I just it's it's so tough because it's like episode nine and like people just keep coming back in and out. Like if this was like a straightforward season. With this format, I, I would be so in on it. Straightforward season. I don't have my straightforward season fedora. <laughs> you don't have I that actually one? wrote that in the patient group today in response to an article I did with 
Matt, Matt Liguori, and nobody liked it. I thought it was so funny. Whatever. <laughs> Trying it again here. Womp, womp, womp. That's good. Do you know what I'm talking about? Parks and Rec? No. Tom Haverford? God damn it. All right. We suck. I mean, I do. I just, I don't, I don't remember the reference. I'm uh, sorry. So then you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, I know Parks and Rec. I love Parks and Rec. I just don't um, remember. We're not on the same page with our jokes and stuff right now. This it's is not when they go well. to buy the tent. Anyway, uh, rent, a, rent the tent. No one who buys a, a big tent like that. Okay. I see. I don't agree that this is a full service episode, which is what I was trying to get out with the browing pains. Like, I like the format. I like that they're complicating the burn vote. I like that they're giving a lot of people reasons to drink by having people say burn vote a lot. But. <laughs> I think this episode was like an example of where this goes wrong because everybody's doing this two by two by two dance. We hear them talking about it for 50 minutes about how they're going to do it. You get one schemer and bananas throwing the wrench in it. And I don't see how that's not going to be like the same result every time. Like, I don't know. I just thought the comp, the strategic talk was more about like, how do we get rid of our vote in the most boring way, reminiscent of what we did last week, as opposed to like actually interesting strategy discussions. Now, I'm not saying we usually get actually interesting strategic discussions, but I just kind of got lost in the maze that was like, let's agree to burn our votes on each other. But don't you think that this has to be a tipping point where now... They realize they can't do this anymore because especially if, you know, let's say Bananas and Tony win next week. Now they have like the two votes. They'll, they control things. And I don't think you can do the, like these burn vote type things where these people are going to have to kind of come together and specifically vote for someone. So I think there's going to be a tipping point where people will just keep getting burned by this, that they'll be like, screw this. I'd rather just let's just vote for the people who say we're going to vote. So two responses that one is. I do agree with you, which is why I'm like, this is the growing pains of it. Like this episode was the weeds like this to me was not like that enjoyable of an episode. I'm hoping it's not forever. But I also the other response to it is like, I thought it was going to die with Queen Cam's wasted move and that they were never going to be able to do something like that again. Here we basically get Queen Cam's move again, used by Bananas and Tony to target more rookies. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's more so. Yeah, I mean, I guess they were kind of targeting workers more so. Just I think they were just trying to cause chaos, right? I don't know if they were specifically wanted. I mean, no, they voted Cam and Kaylee, but I don't think they were like goal. Like we have to get these people out. I think it was more like let's shove it up these guys, this big alliance who all think they have it figured out, and well, let's cause a wrench into their plan. Which and and fair enough, but like it's sort of like that was Cam's goal too like i'm not gonna just go along with this i'm gonna cause chaos i'm gonna cause problems in the house and then i'm gonna get who i want in the elimination okay maybe that's not been as in tony's main objective but you're stirring it up by putting a team that's been targeted in the bottom like big exciting play yeah no that's fair that's definitely fair let's cover the drinking game before we get too far down into the episode um so we did have uh I think it's really a co-situation between... So Dane wants to keep track of the rules, and I totally forgot the handle of our chief party officer, who did tweet to us, like, right after the episode. I was, like, most... I wasn't kidding about, like, getting it in before the podcast. That would be nice, but, like, I did not mean or expect someone to do that. So that was really awesome. Kyle Picard. So thank you very much. Uh, You are having a field day with your rules and your drinkings goings on. Me? Yeah, so it was two discolored booze, two mentions to another show, nine burn vote mentions. I do think last week 
we triggered a 10 plus tweets correcting Brian. I agree. Um, I I don't even remember what that was about. So you see how much the tweets matter to me. Yeah. What was it? Oh, it was uh, the lavender ladies, right? It wasn't all about Which I'm so pissed about because I was going to say. Oh, Team Young Bucks also. I think it was more Team Young Bucks because like the lavender lady or it's the combination. The, I was about to be like, it was definitely like the wall color, but you know, you're on a podcast and things just don't come out sometimes that you want to say. And then the fact that I had to read 15 tweets about it was like, ugh. it's not your guys' fault. It was nice of you to let me know, but just internally, right. couldn't have known that. Uh, and then sophomore calls someone a rookie one. My side of the drinking game only got one person. Third person was self-given given nickname. And this, it's not an absurd use for the money. To want to donate to education in Jamaica. But like it almost is. <laughs> I would take a drink. No, it is. It is. I think if you're thinking that you're going to be in like I, I, it's a noble cause, but you're on the challenge. You're not an inspiration to children to aspire to be on the MTV. Like it's a great cause. A little far fetched. It's not the one that makes you laugh, but it is, I would say, on par with wanting to like get a camper. You know, like it's like, oh, what a, what a strange thing to just say right there. But totally yeah. fine use. Go on vacation with your family. Donate to Education Jamaica. But I would take a drink there. And I also not to challenge the chief party officer, but I take a drink when they're in the ambulance after the challenge. Like, don't finish your drink. It's not a rescue squad. But yeah, take a drink. Also, there was I. Th- at least for me, I think a very clear TJ voice dub when yes. he first brings up them being at 45 minutes and that it kind of cuts to him saying the same thing, but there was a clear voice dub of him saying it. Yes, you're correct. And I will also add that get your drinks ready if you're of age and not driving and if you want. I'm about to explain a lot of emojis later in the episode. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so uh, that's that. Do you have something to add for this week? Uh, yeah, so it's kind of a little bit based off the TJ voice stuff, but it's more so when the producers have to change the rules of a challenge on the fly because something is going very wrong. That's excellent. That That's so, almost that like, that's mine. like two drinks. Cause that, that's like, I've, I, it's not impossible, but it's not going to happen every week. No, it'll probably happen like once or twice a season. I think, um, that's a good one. Mine, uh, comes, airlifted in from New York City from a friend and colleague, a future colleague of mine, Adam Kochman, who is a new listener to the podcast after uh, having the good fortune of meeting me this summer. He texted me actually while I was watching the episode. Obviously, he doesn't know that or I've been tapped. I don't know. Um, And was like drinking game rule suggestion. And I'm not really not that impressionable. I like to do my own thing. But it was good enough where I was like, you know what? I like this one. So we're going to throw this in as my rule or Dan and um, Kyle can cite Adam. That's fine with me. Anytime someone says I do or do not want to, quote, run a final with a person, you take a drink and you can't say I want to go to the final, go to the end. It is, quote, run a final. So that's interesting because people have used that both against a team and like literally with person so that's a kind of a interesting one that can go different ways yeah you do want to do it or you don't want to do it if they say the phrase run a final you take it a drink with your with your own consent (laughs) Uh, always always your own consent uh interesting 
voting that happened this week, like we're talking about, but not so interesting when it comes to where Zach and Amanda were laying their votes, because as we expected last week, they're just going to ride Jose and Davon as their scapegoat the whole way. Yeah, I mean, they kind of teed it off right in the beginning, too, about how saying Zach wants to target Amanda's crew, Amanda wants to target Zach crew, so they're just going to target the uh, the crew that they've been targeting, which is uh, Jose and Devon. Is that a strength or a weakness? Because I'm sort of torn between, like, their being representatives of two different factions in the House is great for them, but at some point, they're going to have to choose, and they're pretty likely to have some power when that happens. Yeah, I would say it's probably a strength in like the early portion of the game because that just means that so few teams would target them. But then it's going to become a liability when you have to turn on someone and then the other people in that group that you're turning on could then become in power. So it's good for now, but I think that uh, that check's going to need to be cashed and it could be a problem. Who do you think is going to be able to win out in the battle of wills between Zach and Amanda? I mean, I, I, I it would seem, I would say... Normally, I would think Zach would win out, but I think it'll be easier to convince him to go after the people he wants that are with him because they're bigger threats. So I think Amanda will wear him down about the fact that you don't want to run a final with Bananas and Tony and uh, Brad and Kyle. So I think if Zach's smart and wises up, he'll listen to Amanda and target them when it comes down to it. Agreed that in this season, that would be the right play, but... I mean, they still have Hunter and Ashley on Amanda's side. And like you said, Nelson and Shane are also guys when Amanda makes the point later during voting that the guys have to go. Um, I do think that Zach has better like strategic persuasion where he would like you're saying he would normally win out one. His allies are more likely to be in power. So I feel like she might that might cause deference or two. Uh, he's able to better strategically sort of like nab her like she's saying the guys got to go and she, he's. Like, well, what about your guys? Um, right. I worry, though, that long term, like Zach might be thinking more long term and that crossing being a person who crosses Kyle, and Brad or Bananas and Tony in favor of the Lavender ladies might affect Zach more long term than if he just doesn't goes to the end with the guys and comes in third or second. So long term, not meaning like across seasons, not even just this season. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, it's the type of thing that we didn't really get to see how it was going to play out with Tony, because I think it's so clear that by the end of this season, they're going to bananas and Tony will be back on good terms. That's why I would have loved to see a season where they come back and not on the same side to see if they can reconcile. So it would be interesting if Zach has to double cross someone and then he has to go through that gauntlet. Yeah. And also like, um, uh, I I just totally forgot what I was saying, but then remembered, but it was like too much of a hesitation to just let it go. Um, <laughs> I would love to see, like, I hope the challenge never gets canceled oh, forever, but no, I seriously don't want the challenge to be canceled. But it, when it does get canceled, if and when it does get canceled, I pray that it's like a known last season. Like either they decide they're ending it on their own terms or like they get an extra season, whatever. And that it's like the true final reckoning. And we see all of these players play knowing it's the last time they're going to play with each other. Then right. we'll see some some skulls crack. Yeah, I think that's highly unlikely, though. No, no, it totally is unlikely. But that girl can dream. Dream. 
Put it onto the put it onto the. Air. I just think that's and like it's the age old debate: is it better to have new cast members every time in a reality show? Is it better to have reoccurring cast members? I think there's a lot of good that comes from the challenge being reoccurring cast members. But the reason that we have six strong beefy dudes going all the way until like they have to shed one or two is because they know they're going to come back with the same people. And if you could take that element out of it, or maybe it's like Bananas announces his retirement. It's like Bananas the final season or whatever. Then we'll see something. That would be amazing. Bananas retirement tour. Every episode, different people give him like a gift as, as like a farewell. What? That's not at all what I said. <laughs> but I'm saying if he announced like this is his final season, like if like a baseball player does it, like when every team gives him like a gift. So if Bananas announces this is his last season. All the other people on that season will give him a gift. No, I'm saying we have a season. The theme is bananas, the final frontier or like pre moldy baking him into banana bread before I have to throw it out like the last banana season. And then we see people playing, not afraid of what would happen if they were Tony and there wasn't a rival season the next season. No, I get it. I know. I I just want to say it again because I was very confused. (laughs) I understand. I understand. Um, all right, we get another segment of Josh, Joss and Amanda, but like, are you buying the love connection here? I mean, I think Amanda's definitely in on it. And I, it seems like Joss is, is like sort of in on it, although they don't seem to get each other's sense of humor, although right now neither do we, so I don't know what that says about people, but I mean, I think they're kind of in on it. Um, yeah, I mean, I just feel like we're not, that was like a loaded question I asked you, but we're not like getting their story. We just keep getting these like little stupid moments, which I'm fine with. But like, I don't know that I'm like feeling it. Like I was more into Benatalie than I am to Jamanda. Amos. Yeah, we got a cute little, we got a cute little picture of a uh, Joss as a kid. So that was fun. Yeah. Who knew a shrimpy farm boy could grow up into Joss? Yeah. Uh, we actually got a tweet about the, um, Little Spice Girls incident. Amanda tweeted, I know what the Spice Girls are. I just don't understand Josh sometimes. Haha, ha, different language. LOL. The challenge wrote back quite literally the same language. And she wrote, just shut up. You know what I mean? Lamo. <laughs> Very funny. Uh, I was actually, I was, I was, I was surprised that like, I would be stunned if she didn't know what the Spice Girls were. Cause that's like, seemed like they were big right at Amanda's like time. Cause that was like my time. So. I think it's fair, though, that she didn't understand when Joss was like, I look like a Spice Girl, that he was, she questioned that. Yeah, it's almost like he, I think he meant to say he looked like Beckham, who married a Spice Girl. <laughs> that's that's possible. kind of more what he meant. <laughs> Which is what I could see a drunk person saying in a bar, and I yeah. think you speak Joss better than Amanda. Maybe there's something there. I, we speak the same language. I do love the editors speak my language. So there's uh, my showman's when they played Spice Up Your Life. Like, I just love how the music is trolling people this season. Yeah, they're doing a good job. MTV is bringing back the uh, the music in MTV right now with the for the challenge. This is fun. Um, let's talk about the other big incident that happens uh, when they go out between and not incident, but thing between bananas and jose and davon edward morris says was davon cozying up to bananas because she needs allies or was this a case of the enemy of my enemy is my friend i mean i don't know if i'd even say cozying up i mean they seem to be like a pretty benign conversation just being like we're kind of not in an alliance together see what's going on with everyone else and we're kind of in a good spot like i 
I don't even think they were even like brokering any type of deal with each other. See, I quite literally wrote cozies up in my notes. So I'm with Edmo, <laughs> but I wrote bananas cozies up to Jose and Devon because cozies up with like he kind of like saunters over. You're watching the quote unquote cool kids of the lavender ladies dance drunk out at a bar. And you're like, look at us like we're normal. We're excluded. I'm one of you. I'm not really having anything going and they're about to blow up. Like, I don't know that mm-hmm. bananas was when I say cozy up, I don't mean like locking anything in, but he is like taking advantage of a pretty vulnerable time for Davon and Jose between the stuff with Shane and the fact that they're like the return team from redemption and the constant target. I thought this was artistry from bananas. Like this was one of my favorite moments of the episode because I just thought it was such a smart move. It was perfect timing to say because Davon, as you can see, when Shane approached Davon and Jose originally to try to like make a deal, they don't like to be pushed around as they shouldn't. They don't like to be treated differently because they're rookies or like they need to be brought under someone's wing. Bananas is like I we're in the same position and like I'm just having a friendly conversation and he's then able to I think potentially get them more interested in working with him in the future than they would be with the other rookies. Yeah, no, I agree. And do you, what about his spin zone about how it's better off? I don't know if you would be saying this if he was in an alliance, but he was saying, you know, not being an alliance in this type of format is better because you're not as, you know, you don't have to support as many other teams. You can kind of toss votes however you want to do, and it's a little more freer. Is that fair or is that a spin zone for him? The fact that he has like really no allies. Yeah. I mean, it's like, well, bring in Tyler from Big Brother. Like, it's much better to be him with final twos with everyone than it is to be a final two with no one. But I do think the Lions can get too big. I do think the Lavender Ladies are getting too big, and especially with a format where you could have a partner like Zach and Amanda, at some point they're going to have to pay the piper because they're getting protection from all sides, but they can't offer protection to everyone. So I think it's a spin zone from Bananas' Bananas's perspective because Bananas is always thinking about, like, I want to stay relevant, I want to stay the king, so, like, whatever my position is the best position. But... I do think, like, Cara said this earlier to Marie, earlier in the season, like, you are loyal to everyone, so you're loyal to no one. And I think that that can hurt, too. Yeah, I know. I think that's fair. I think an alliance can be too big, and that's kind of where we're at right now with the uh, the Lavender la- Ladies plus. plus. Oh, I thought you were going to say he's plus someone. Uh, no, just plus, like, whoever they're with. Yeah. They're plus ones. Marie is definitely a plus. She's, like... She's not like a lavender lady. She's like a periwinkle pariah. Like she's like light, like a a reduced, (laughs) I don't know, like a a reduced level. And I'm like, are you surprised to see like Marie's closest relationship sort of failing her? Uh, No, because I can easily see her being paranoid that she feels she's on the outs, even if she might not necessarily be, but probably is. But I could the paranoia for Marie, I think, is it always is is strong because she just knows that the only way she survives in these games is by her social game so the fact if that's going wrong in any way she feels then her game is toast so do you think that this is like blown out of proportion by marie or do you actually believe that you know they're sort of stepping away from marie 
I mean, I think they're a little bit stepping right, but I do think it's blowing out of proportion because based on like what all the conversations, no one within that group is really like, going after them that I really know of. It's more so like other people and they're going after and it's more so going after Kara, which I mean, obviously hurts her, but it's not like they're turning their back deliberately on Marie. So I think she's more so just overreacting to what her paranoia may be kicking in. Yeah, I think Marie occasionally does have like a good strategic case and a good strategic like thought, but her reads aren't right. Like I think she's what I didn't get in this conversation with her and and Shane is like she says it would or Shane or no, who says this? Ashley says it would be crazy for Jose and Devon to go after a girl girl team. And Marie is sort of saying, like, I'm going to get targeted. I'm going to get targeted. And she's paranoid about that. In Marie's defense, why would that be crazy? First of all, Jose and Devon do go after a girl, girl team, but I don't get, like, I feel like the preference would be to go after a weaker team. Not saying girl, girl teams are automatically weaker, but in the case of Marie, shrug. Right. Did, yeah. Did you no, understand I, that? I, think I she, was, like, lost. No, I, I think she was kind of just all over the place. And I think this is, I mean, this is probably like a conversation that ha- like it happened right after the club. They're all drunk. They're all like, just like kind of like rambling on. So I think not a lot of clear minds are being, you know, uh, taken aback here. So I think uh, Marie just kind of got, got away from herself. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't think Shane also would be loyal to anyone. So I think if no. Marie's mistrusting of Shane, that's like probably fair. It's also... Like, it would be her fault for trusting, really, him to begin with. Like, fully. You're right. Well, they're friends. Yeah. She didn't pick the right color room, you know? That's true. Um, Let's get to the Redemption House. Not only Redemption House for the game, but Redemption for CT. Yeah, he uh, tries to try a different approach with Veronica. A little softer touch to get uh, get the most out of her. Would you rather be called a bad person or a bad teammate? Uh, bad teammate for sure. I think bad. Per- I like don't think there's a difference. I feel like teammate was the wrong reason. It was like she's not a bad person. She's like a bad athlete. Yeah, that's that's probably the better the better phrasing for for, for Veronica. And do you believe someone if they're saying like "help me, help you," but their eyes are bulging out of their heads like that <laughs> little squeeze toy? Like is that like right. a real loving approach? Like, I don't know if I uh, believe this softness from CD. Usually not, but from CT, I think uh, that's the most you're going to get in that in that particular moment, especially if you're Veronica with everything that they've gone through. So I think you have to take what you can get. But um, I'm teasing CT, but ultimately I did think this was a really good move. Unfortunately for both of them, to borrow again from Big Brother, they're, I think, a day late and a dollar short to only be doing this in the Redemption House. But I thought asking her to lead the workout, asking her how I could better approach you, what's bothering you about what I'm doing, like, this... That's a good guy. I love Dad CT. Yeah, I would also say it's. I mean, no matter even if you took this approach come like the start of the game, I don't think you can drastically improve yourself within the confines of the challenge house. I think this is more so. You know, you are where you are when you go into the game, and then you go from there. So you're saying this could only have happened in the Redemption House? No, I'm saying like I, I like. I mean, it's great that CT's like being nicer and getting Veronica to like lead a workout, but like I think he could have had this approach the whole time, and I think nothing would have changed with the fate of their game. I think oh, yeah, Veronica is yeah. still a liability no matter what CT's motivation would be going in. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, 
Can you explain the beef between Kara, not Kara, Jose and Devon and Tori and Derek? Because that ends up coming up again later. And I like already forgot what happened on this season. Well, I think for Tori and Derek, it was specifically because they were trying to save. I think what they were saying, they were trying to save Jose and Devon and get Faith and Angela voted in. And then. Jose and Devon didn't really know they were doing that and turned the votes around because they wanted to stay with Angela and Faith and then Tori and Derek ended up getting voted in because of it. Which confuses me and this is, I mean, it's really just two conversations that happened different times in the elevator uh, the elevator, the episode, so just jumping taking the elevator down to uh, the later part of the episode. I didn't understand why when they put these stories together they didn't realize that both stories, all roads led to Shane. Yeah, I, I was kind of waiting for that eureka moment for both of them. I thought that's where we were we were coming to because they were like, oh, Shane said this. And then they were like, oh, Shane told me that. And I was waiting for, oh, we should both be just mad at Shane. But then it ended with like, they're still mad at each other. Yeah, I was I was very confused about that also. Uh, Marianne Curtin says, is Tori losing all the goodwill she built up with her behavior this season? What's been wrong with Tori this season? Yeah, I don't know. I guess that people found Tori off-putting this episode. Uh, I didn't really... I mean, it was like... It always annoys me when people go to redemption and, like, focus on the, like, inconsequential people that cause their demise, but that won't win the challenge anyway. Uh, but in general, like, it didn't bother me at all. No. And, I mean, to be fair to her in that moment, it's not like Sheen is there for her to, I guess, turn the wrath onto him, too. Like... For this moment, all they really have are Jose and Devon to like let out their anger towards. So, I mean, yeah, of all people to be upset about their behavior this season, Tori is like very, very low on the list. Yeah, if you guys aren't feeling Tori this season, let us know why. Because I, I mean, are you Derek stands. Yeah, that that has to be a very small amount of people. Maybe you don't let us know that. Just kidding. <laughs> um. Let's talk about the vote by vote, because we got more discussion, I feel like, when people are actually doing the deliberation than we have before. Yeah. So do you think there's anything also to take? I think it's kind of interesting to take away from the pairs of teams that vote for each other. So we have Joss and Brad's team vote for each other. Then we have Shane and Cara's team vote for each other. And then Cam and Hunter's teams vote for each other. So what do you make of those three pairs? Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because it does seem like their reasons. Well, we know that Brad and Kyle, Joss and Sylvia are working together because of the cam. They were both in on the Cam and Kaylee shenanigans. Those are the people who Cam and Kaylee were trying to save. And mm -hmm. then Nelson and Shane, like Shane and uh, Marie are probably their pair. Can we figure out what was what was Bananas and Tony supposed to do? I don't think they're really supposed to do anything. I I think what Tony was saying was like, we haven't told anyone anything what we're doing. So we're kind of like total free agents with, with our vote. But is it that they like hadn't told anyone or they just like didn't deny? Like, did they have an arrangement they just didn't agree to? Like was someone like vote for them and they just didn't say anything or I don't like, how did the house not know this? Yeah, I don't know. That's what I is very confusing. Why everyone's still on board with these burn vote situations when it's clear there's people who aren't with them that aren't going to do it also because it's going to lead to them being voted out, which is why I'm surprised we had another vote like this. And I'd be flabbergasted if it happened again the, the next time around. And who did Jose and Devon vote for? They ended up voting for Joss and Sylvia. 
So I get, so it's, oh, right. So it seems like the expectation would be that Tony and Bananas would vote for Devon and Jose as well, supporting Amanda and Zach. And then I not guess get so. called and then out. That would, and then be forced to go into elimination, I guess so. And then I would assume Bananas and Devon hashed out who they would each be voting for. So they would split the vote. Wait, say that one more time. That banana, I would assume Bananas and Devon strategize who they would each be voting for to create a situation to force a tie, I think. Oh, wait, but no, what I just said makes no sense. I thought another person voted for Jose and Devon because they wouldn't agree to be the people to go into elimination. Jose and Devon? No, 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 they wouldn't have. No, 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 Bananas bananas and Tony. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I think Bananas and Tony were totally out on an island. Like, I don't think anyone told them to do anything. I don't think they said they were going to do anything. I think they only, they didn't. Even, I think they discounted their votes entirely, which is why I don't, I don't understand how they thought this plan was going to work. Well, it doesn't even seem like the plan. The plan, to, I guess, from the rest of the House's perspective was just don't go into elimination and I don't care anyone but me. Yeah. So if everybody has two votes. Or everybody would have one vote. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just such a half-baked plan. How do you just leave the target and the people that no one would want to go against unaccounted for? It's very very odd. Like, it couldn't possibly be the case that nobody talked to them. I just think this is what we're getting a limited story. And they also indicate, like, a lot of these pairs indicate, like, oh, everyone's voting for Jose and Avon, so we're going to burn our votes on each other. But like they all have the same plan. Like, how do they all not know they're all doing this? It's 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 very confusing. I mean, the only possible situation I can think of is that rather than last week where it was like the whole house together because Cam like created chaos, everybody just thinks they're the smartest alliance. So the lavender right. ladies are like plus you know Brad and Kyle because of their connection seemingly seems stronger with Cam and Sylvia right now. I don't know. Uh, is like. Okay, bananas and Zach and Amanda, whatever, have too big of an ego to just burn votes. So we'll all burn votes and then whatever. But that just doesn't seem like that's happening. No, there's like a there's a piece missing between we need like what we ever needed was the a clip of like the whole alliance discussing, Okay, we're going to do this. You guys do this so we can get to this point. And we just don't get that. And like they I think they just got lucky with how this all broke out. I think we need that, but I also think we need, I mean, are we to believe, based on the conversation with Jose and Devon, that Bananas and Tony have no connections in these house anymore at all, out of nowhere, and that nobody is bothering to even ask them who they're voting for? I can't imagine that that's true, but right, that's what yeah. they're indicating. Yeah. That's insane. It's insane. Um, because I don't think that it seems like Kara and is loyal to Marie's people besides this like little setup. And I feel like Kara had to be reassured by bananas to even go along with this. And Zach and Amanda are still the tightest with bananas. And I thought Brad and Kyle had something going with bananas, at least. You would, you would have thought so. Wow. We need some more information here. I, I were, maybe we're going to get like 10,000 tweets. Well, that would be ridiculous. 10 tweets <laughs> that we like missed a clip or something. Cause this is bizarre. I would love it. But yeah, I, I think it's just like, I think, I think it's what you said. I think everyone thinks they're the smartest person in the room and that they're doing something that no one else thought of. And they're all just doing the same exact thing. I mean, that screams Shane and the lavender ladies, but where is like Kara on this? 
or like I know Brad likes to just go with the same plan, like he said, but like so. All right, so let's discount them. But like, really, Amanda and Zach are just like, well, let's just vote. Davon and Jose, and we're safe, so we don't care. Like I just, I'm. It's odd. Yeah. Um. All right. So Will Simon has a question that we sort of answered, but I'm gonna ask anyway. Um. Well, we didn't really. We saw Amanda saying she wants to get all the male, male, male teams out before the final. Is this foreshadowing yep. by the editors? Every week gives more and more evidence for Zach and Amanda win. I mean, I don't, I don't know about them getting a winner's edit. I think they've just, you know, they've won a couple of challenges and been in position of power. I think that's why they're kind of more featured. I wouldn't indicate any type of winner's edit. Because again, I don't really think the challenge does that in particular. So I wouldn't put too much weight on that. But I think that is probably something that is going to come to a head between Amanda and Zach is which side of the house they based end up like picking off. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think it's more foreshadowing the, the Amanda V Zach situation, the reckoning, the real final reckoning. Yeah. Uh, one thing is when J- Jose and Davon are deciding who to vote in and, I can't explain why, but, like, I would watch this conversation between Davon and Jose voting, like, all day. I wanted to watch the full uncut version. I don't know if you've ever seen The People's Couch, where it's just average people watching TV shows and you watch the commentary. Shockingly amazing. Like, it shouldn't be good TV, but I did love it. Like, I love Jose and Davon voting recklessly. Not recklessly, but, like, without care for the rest of the uh, house. It was, it was it, without care for each other. I mean, Jose just like basically called out a name and that was it. Um, well, no, no, no. When they're talking, sorry, when they're voting for who to put in, I liked. Oh, that. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, I honestly, I love all the Jose and Devon conversations, like just them two have all been like very entertaining. I think they're just personalities that like have this weird chemistry between them that it just works. And I would, I love seeing them as a pair. Now, do you want Jose or Davon on the show without the other, or do they really need both of them to have that? I'd I'd prefer to have Davon over Jose, but I like having them both. I think I prefer, I definitely prefer Davon. I'm not yet sure that I want them back all the time, but Davon, I think, has earned that for, like, I like Davon. I think she could stand alone. Yeah, I think... There's been there's more Jose's to pick from. I think Davon is more unique to this world. Um, that's fair. Interesting. Um, so let's go to Armageddon where you were going anyway, where uh um we get to see the results. Really quick before that, we get TJ calling out that bananas and Tony didn't get a vote. Is that kosher that he calls that out when you're only supposed to see who uh who got voted in yeah i don't know i don't know why he did that i don't think it was very necessary i think was it more of like a like stop letting them skate by you get like don't be afraid to to vote for them like i don't know what the purpose of that was you know it's definitely some sort of like call out and i just think you know things don't have to be fair but like i didn't see the point like not the point i saw the point but it was just so much intervention that it like wasn't even worth it yeah, for a secret vote, it's it's like by the end of it, like eighty percent of the votes are revealed, and then by that you can figure out the rest. Exactly. Um, 
So three teams get uh, are tied with two votes, and somehow the the world is shocked by this. Um, Jocelyn, Sylvia, Cam, and Kaylee, Josea, and Devon. Uh, and we find out what happens in the event of a tie here at the Armageddon. It's the triple power vote for uh, Zach and Amanda. I feel 50% vindicated and 50% pissed. Uh, Humbie says, so Zach and Amanda's vote was worth three. It is too much power. Yeah. Uh, to me, I the, the, the possibilities I was just hoping for was all three go in. I think that would have just been awesome. Or the other teams vote again, like publicly for those three. And then whoever gets the most votes goes in. I think those are the, I think those are the two better options than Zach and Amanda getting another vote. I, I well, anything would be better than what happened. I get for like a time perspective, just, all right, you vote them in. And like, then people now will be more worried about ties. So you don't get a revote because the power team just is going to get to decide. But I miss, and this happens with Survivor, and I happens with the challenge, when it's like, all right, re-vote, and if you can't come to a decision, you go in. Or, like, they decide. Or, like, you're up. Yeah. Like, I like that threat more. Yeah, that was fun when they did that as, like, the, the pair, when the teams were a pair and they couldn't decide. That was right. a good, that was a good twist. Um. All right, so they pick a shocker, Jose and Devon, who then, sort of shocker, sort of not, pick Cam and Kaylee. Yeah, that was a little bit of a, I mean, I guess it's not fully a surprise, but uh, I thought they were going to go after Shane and Nelson. Um, I think I, if I were Devon and Jose, I go uh, Shane and Nelson here only because like you've already gone to redemption. If you witness or even if you go to redemption and come back, you're going to keep going to redemption. Like, I don't really see that there's a way for Jose and Devon to like even make the final just because like you can't. I don't really think it's possible to win your way from week one to the end for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, I'd be happy to stand corrected. What an exciting season of television that would be. But like, take a shot at Shane. He called you a bitch. He's an asshole. He threw it for your team. Make him sweat it out, at least. You know, and if he beats you, yeah. he beats you. But to basically play scared, because nobody's going to tell me, oh, you're so... Queen Cam is the queen. You have your direct beef with Shane. Take your shot. If you lose, you lose. But if you win, F you, Shane. Yeah, Yeah, and I also, I mean, I don't think it's likely with either, but I think you have a better possibility of, like, if Shane and Elsa are out of the house, I think it's not out of the realm of possibility that Cam and Kaylee could become pseudo-allies for them because I think for Cam... You know, you see her as a like a strategic player, so she's not, you know, hell bent on one alliance, one group of people. I think if the winds shift in the house, I think she's someone that would be more willing to flip than Shane, who's so clearly against them. That I'd rather keep a Cam and Kaylee, who are most likely against them, but could possibly be swayed. I don't know. Cam did like throw the whole house in disarray to get Jose and Devon in the bottom. Yeah, but I, I but that's <laughs> a, I. But she does that as a strategic player. So I think for Shane, like there's like more, it's more personal. So I think it's easier to sway a strategic player than a personal player. That, that is true. And I think the final cherry on top of the bad decision Sunday here for them is in terms of getting invited back, you have to be willing to take the shot at your vendetta, your enemy for the camera time. Also, Nelson stinks. (laughs) <laughs> like, I'd be no problem going against him in elimination. 
But then, like, I will... Uh, elimination is the only place where really Nelson has a chance. But he's I not... A, so. it, it's not like it's not like Brad and Kyle are on the opposite yeah. Cam and Kaylee. Yeah, like, I don't know. I think if I'm, like, Jose, like, I think he can handle Nelson, I think, whatever the type of thing. I think Davon and Shane... I, I, I wouldn't find going up against them if I was, if I was Jose and Davon. You also get the benefit of, like, seeing the challenge. Like, Zach said, yeah. was like, oh, someone's gonna get wet today. Like... You know it's not going to be like a physical battle or pulling, you know, like you don't know exactly mm-hmm. what it's going to be. But to me, this was like, you know, they didn't need to have any equalizers here. But even when they do, better to have two guys get equalizers and you're yeah. a man-woman team. Yeah, this was a weak move. And I wonder what Devon, if she was really, I know Jose kind of went on on his own, but... I mean, Devon didn't only speak up to say who she wanted to vote in either. So, like, to kind of throw Jose under the bus about, like, oh, he went rogue. Like, I mean, it seemed like there was time for her to speak up, and she kind of didn't. Yeah, Andrew Shadbox says, is it fair Jose picked Cam and Kaylee without consulting Devon? Should she have been allowed to veto his choice if she didn't agree? I I, I think it's on them to communicate. I think once the, the name is called out, it's kind of just it. I mean, honestly... They hesitated so much that I think, like, the power was lost. Like, even if after all of that hesitation, Devon was like, all right, Shane and Nelson, like, the cool moment is in, boom, you see the options and you're like, Shane and Nelson right now. You know, like, they, yeah. I even think the moment was lost with the hesitation. So I wasn't mad at Jose for just calling someone out. And I felt like Jose was kind of giving Davon the power when he kind of did like his whole like, ooh, pick whoever you want. Like, who's our target? And Davon didn't like answer. And then I think I, I, I kind of just blame her for not saying who she wanted. And how are you not as a team decided who like you have nothing to do in the house, especially Davon right. and Jose, who have no friends in the house. Like you have nothing to do, but know you're most likely going in or going to get picked in. And who would you rather compete against in order? Yep. Yeah, I have no sympathy for uh, Davon not knowing what was going to happen that's on them what do you think of the challenge though you have sympathy for them having to be in the that water i mean this i mean it's brutal this was the uh the the big easy camilla challenge or i guess the person we should not be talking about challenge when big easy quit and camilla had one of her uh freak outs this is the exact challenge i don't think it was as cold for uh when they did it but i mean this is this is a brutal one I could not watch this. Like I have, like I'm bad in the water. Although, yeah. Did you, when Jose's saying like he can't swim, so he can't do this. Like you're not really swimming. Um, no, you're not swimming. You're you're holding your. I wish. I guess holding your breath is probably one of the harder parts of swimming. So I guess that's kind of fair. I just don't, like you're freezing cold, upside down, underwater, trying to remember a puzzle for 45 GD minutes. Yeah. Uh, this was like a complete nightmare. I mean, shouldn't the move have been at like a half hour? Just be like, all right, switch. Like, I feel like that's the move. Not call it short, just switch. That's interesting. But I just. I wonder if they like determined that this was bad. Like, I don't know if if Davon and Kaylee could have climbed. You're saying call it early, like before it got to that point. I, I would almost say that should have just been in the rule. I don't think it should have been. I, I would have just had every 15 minutes you swap and just go from there. Also, maybe right. make the puzzle less complicated. That that seemed like a very complicated puzzle to have to solve underwater. I thought that was insane. Like we've seen them do like just colored dots. Like the last final was just like colored dots. This is like patterns, red stripe yeah. dots. Like that was ridiculous. I think that's an interesting switch that they should have switched, but I don't know that they like foresaw how bad this is going to be. We got some tweets. Um, 
Sylvia said this was the coldest night in South Africa. These two girls sh showed so much heart. I was in tears just watching them because it was so hard to watch them in pain. Like, I don't know if they, like, foresaw how terribly freezing-ass cold it would be for them to do this. Mm -hmm. um, somebody else tweeted as I scroll through the drama. Um, oh, I, I think somebody else said kind of the same thing. Like, just, like, the temperature drops. Oh, you know who said it? Pauly Califiore in his Us Ooh. Weekly recap. That's where I'm thinking of. Uh, so, yeah, he did say, um, I'm still going to read the intro later because that's always the best, but I did skim the rest of it. Uh, he said, ba, 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 ba. oh, this was amazing. He said, I'll just read his little paragraph on uh, the Armageddon. Now, let's skip right to Armageddon. Listen, Davon, I know what it feels like to want to go against someone else in elimination and have your partner switch it up on you. I want to preface this elimination with this little fact, which I do feel like he already prefaced the elimination with the I understand, Davon, but whatever. He's so here's a little the preface. fact. <laughs> this is a post-preface preface. <laughs> it's a post-fess. Uh, <laughs> where we were in South Africa, the temperature at night would plunge tremendously. So the fact that Devon and Kaylee were getting dunked in and out of the water like the scene from March of the Wooden Soldiers for over 45 minutes is effing insane. The mental fortitude it took for them to stay locked in while the natural reaction of the body is to enter hypothermia in order to protect the internal organs just shows how badass those two truly are. <laughs> Great writer. I mean, he, he, I didn't know he was a doctor, too. Yeah. Tell he's, me more about my internal organs, Polly. He's uh, he's top notch. He's, you know, all time competitor, all time writer. He, he was bred for this. He's bred for this. Um, so, yeah. And Cam gives her partner the kudos she deserves. She's just Cam. Now it's Killa Kaylee. I thought that was a really cute, cute moment. Yep. Good, good on Cam. Because, I mean, you know, people like uh, congratulating Cam and Jose. I mean, they literally did nothing. So, you know, a little weak congratulating. Which then Cam goes right into game mode while, like, uh, Davon can't even move and is freezing cold. They're in, like, those, like, metal, not aluminum blankets, or those foil blankets. Mm -hmm. And, like, she's like, so wait, so why'd you pick us? Why'd you pick us? And they're standoffish. And what the only reason I'm talking about this moment is because Cam is like, oh, is this how Big Brother works? Like, you don't talk about it? Yes, Cam, that actually is how Big Brother works. Everybody just goes back to acting like they love each other. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, but I loved, yeah, I love how, like, the two, like, pretty, like, well-in-shape person after, like, the that, that challenge, they're the only ones talking. You have Davon and Kaylee that just want to, like, curl up in a ball and jump in a hot tub that could not give any less shits about, like, discussing why, who was voted in. And J Jose and Cam are the only ones talking. Um. Yeah. No. It was. It was. It was insane. And then Davon just like finally has to get up and leave. <laughs> she can't hear it anymore. <laughs> Takes every like available thawed muscle possible to get up. Um, yep. But then after all of that, it was for not because Cam and Kaylee win six incorrect pieces to three. Yeah. Again, very uh, a little anticlimactic after all that to have like who's least. I, I was praying they would have tied. That would have been unbelievable. <laughs> Especially because they're coming right back in yeah. the uh, faded double cross. Double cross. No one pulled it. Amazing. Um, jo Jacob Robin says, who should Jose and Devon have picked to go against? Uh, 
for the elimination. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I misread this question, but here's the second part of the question, so ignore that. Who are they more likely going to pick in the Redemption Challenge, Angela and Faith or Natalie and Polly or the field? The other options are CT and Veronica and Tori and Derek. I mean, I like truthfully, I do honestly think the easiest team to beat are Tori and Derek because Derek is just so insanely bad. I I agree that if you're picking to go back in, but I do think they're going to stay the course and return the favor to Polly and Natalie. I I do agree. I think that is the uh, odds-on favorite. Um, Tyler Morton Caribo says, "What teams are the quote good guys? The Lavender Lamos are most like mostly unlikable. Minus Sylvia Bananas is the con- consistent villain. The dynamics on the season are odd. So who are we supposed to be liking on this season? Um, I would say I think Amanda. I think is probably supposed to be one of the like the favorites. She's in a position of power. She's she's in like a relationship. She's she's doing stuff. I think her. I think Cam probably just because the the whole episode dedicated to her uh, great strategic move. I think those two are probably the biggest standout standouts. Yeah, I have trouble deciding who's likable, so I'll just leave it with you. Yeah, yeah, but I think there's a clear like. I mean, it's also. I mean, it's like. You know, these people come with such history. I think people just like who they like. I, I, you don't really see a lot of fluctuation, I think. Um, all right. So we have a couple more tweets and we have some news and we have some drama and all that good stuff. Um, but we have no five star viewers to thank. I just think womp, everybody's womp, womp. sick of us. Nine episodes in, you know, people just keep coming and whatever. So but if you want to leave us a review for our uh, work on the podcast, you could go to Rob has a website dot com slash challenge iTunes. And I would thank you by name at this point in the podcast. We would. Uh, but we'll move on to uh, the tweeter. A couple things about this episode. Angela, somebody wrote where TF <laughs> for all of those uh, linguists out there. Where is Angela Babbitts? And she wrote probably cheating on my boyfriend somewhere off in the corner. If I had to guess. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, Caitlin. Then, and then Davon said, when you lose by two pieces, which I thought it was six to three, maybe I misunderstood. Um, no, when you lose right. by two pieces only because your partner decided to go in at the last minute and start rearranging stuff, but you have to support him and take the out like a champ. Ballsy Wait, so, for, for that. Yeah, that's that's odd move. Allegedly, uh, reportedly, Jose, I guess, Changed some pieces at the last minute without Davon's consent, so he went out on his own more than once in this elimination. It's, a, it's an odd move to do when you have no idea what could possibly be correct. <laughs> you can't knock at the puzzle. It's a pure panic. Pure panic. All right, so I want to read the beginning of Polly's incredible recap, and as you can see by me reading the other paragraph, it's not just the intro that's worth reading on usweekly.com, right. or it's usmagazine.com. Well, since some we re- people, co- oh, we really before you start reading, we really need like good music for this. So, can we get someone to send in music for this, and then we need to have it somehow be overlaid while doing this because it, it calls for it. At Will from America for it. Hit us up, Will. Uh, <laughs> or even just like a a soundbite for like a a new theme song for like here comes the Paul Calfiori uh, Us Weekly column of the week. <laughs> so, hit us up, Will. So he says, well, since some people couldn't help their Twitter fingers last week, I think I'll start this week off with a PSA. 
This recap is intended to be written from a viewer standpoint, a.k.a. my reviewer standpoint. Also, I didn't have to cry to my favorite company to give me a blog because I was jealous that my partner was writing one. Just kidding, you bitch. <laughs> Marie, your blogs are actually hilarious, but that's neither here nor there. So let's begin, shall we? <laughs> there you go. There it is. You have to go to Us Weekly to read the rest. Um, all right, so we have some news. Do you know that CT is engaged? I, yeah, I kind of just, well, I, th- I think he's actually like just getting like close to getting married also, like not even like a recently engaged. I think the marriage, the wedding is soon. Yeah. So the, the wedding was like the engagement, I believe was announced in July and the Ashley's reality roundup. This was sent to us, um, by Lil Axe. So thank you as always for tweeting us some drama. Uh, so there's supposedly an unconfirmed by MTV, but allegedly confirmed by the Ashleys um, that CT is going to have a wedding and a wedding televised wedding special. And then there's some drama because they originally like sent out emails and stuff for a bunch of cast members, but later like reneged on the offer to pay Yikes. for travel. So they're only paying for like the cost of travel and accommodations for uh in miami for certain cast members but not others um and veronica is not going to come because while she was begged to reportedly um by mtv they weren't willing to pay for it and she had another friend's wedding so she's not going um but uh and also bananas was not invited the first source tells the ashley quote ct was upset about some of the things bananas said about lilanae Lilanette or Lilane, who's that's her last name or first name of the fiance. Um, that's one of the reasons he wasn't invited. That's not the only reason, though. End quote. The Ashley believes her source is talking about a recent interview that former challenge star Kenny Santucci did on Derek's Challenge Mania podcast in which Kenny claimed that Johnny told him that CT had, quote, knocked up a stripper and that he was fat. Yeah, that'll so probably there do you it. go. It's probably a no invite situation. Probably. Uh, rumored attendees are Derek and Car Maria and Camilla, who will allegedly appear on the. I don't want to keep saying allegedly, like it's an allegation, but obviously unconfirmed by MTV, but that Camilla will be there and will be on the special. Um, so it says MTV has yet to confirm the special or announce when it will air. But Look he did tweet. That. Or he told Rolling Stone, quote, my private life. Stay tuned. I'm sure you guys are going to get an in-depth look at what my life is like outside the show. You'll see. Stay tuned. There we go. Um, And we will conclude tonight with a dramatic reading of a Twitter drama between Paul Califiore on Twitter and Marie brought to you or sent to me by Tom Palmer. You ready? I'm ready. Curated by me, though, because frickin' Marie retweets, so I have to go through, like, the depths of hell to get this out. <laughs> oh, okay. So, Paulie says, he re- oh, he retweets his own usmagazine.com blog, which he should, because it's amazing. And he says, I'm coming for the jugular tonight in my at Us Weekly recap. Wink emoji, devil emoji, asterisk, asterisk, Twitter gangsters beware, asterisk, asterisk. Get your weekly dose of raw and uncut recaps that are bound to piss people off below. Down point emoji, down point emoji, hashtag zero F's given. 
Marie writes, bla- writes back, lol, surprised you didn't use, quote, piping hot tea like Kara. Seems like your recaps are pretty identical. Was it your idea or hers to run with the word loose cannon? P.S. You don't come at my jugular via a U.S. and Us Weekly article. So Kara of you. T- oh, so Kara of you to be such a passive aggressive P word. Um, what's amazing is that she thinks that like using the word loose cannon is obvious that they've like plagiarized each other's piece. Right now, a fan, a loyal reader of Polly's writes, I think the jugular was for Kyle. And Polly writes, anyone with a brain would have known whose jugular I was coming for. Unfortunately, Marie doesn't have a brain. Marie writes, but when you had the chance to call Kyle out in person, did you or did you not? Uh, I'll replace it with a loving word from Are You The One. Top him off. (laughs) It's not what she said, but I don't feel comfortable saying it. Then Polly says, hmm, sounds like someone is trying to allude to a spoiler. You wouldn't be stupid enough to do that, right? Tags Buna Murray. Wink emoji. Then she writes, actually, you're the one who just alluded to a spoiler. I'm sure you tagged at Buna Murray. You're, you are such a fanboy. He writes, Marie, you're literally too stupid to insult. Please reread your tweet. Laugh cry emoji, tilted laugh cry emoji. And yes, which I like. It's like animation. He did like a nice little twist. Mm-hmm. And Makes yes. I'm a proud fanboy. Without fans, you or I wouldn't exist. <laughs> Which, okay. Um, I'm also a fanboy enough to wonder why you keep getting brought back. You're possibly the worst challenger ever. Hit him with the trips, tilted, laugh cry emoji. Bam. Then, Marie said, to make sure little herbs like you get called out. Again, keep that energy. Sorry, I'm yelling into my... Again, keep that energy... When they literally air everything I just called you out on. Until then, peace emoji. Polly writes, or when you look like an idiot, because it's the exact opposite. Straight laugh cry emoji, tilt laugh cry emoji. Guess you should do a better job on fact finding. Guess you're not as good as you thought you were at that either. Lemo. Then, like a choose your own adventure goosebumps, Polly also replied when he tagged Abby to Murray he just replied to the same tweet in Marie as though the one timeline didn't exist and started a new conversation with a new response. Kyle wants no part of me. I see through that fake tough guy shit. He knows where to find me if he ever wanted to. Marie writes, I don't think he wants to venture back up Kara's a-hole anymore. Ooh. Polly responds, that's funny, because it seems like you've been up Kara's a-hole this whole time. But There's not one day where her name isn't in your mouth. Then you cried to betches for a blog, messaged us weekly, pissed about me getting a blog, put the phone call, put the phone down, Marie. Jealousy is a disgusting trait. Then Marie said, lol, you and Kara deserve each other. If you want to reach that high, bring a ladder. Polly said, I got receipts from them texting me, sweetie. Don't tempt me. Wink emoji. You walked right into this one with your loose cannon ways. What a callback. Then he says, I have no problem finishing the job. Kiss wink emoji. Oh, my God. Marie says, uh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Then someone said, uh, a fan, Tyler Wagner, said laugh cry emoji. This dude's shit talk is next level. I just take my L and move on, Marie. And Paulie said, shit talk game is always on fire. 
Notice not one guy has talked shit to me on Twitter because they know I'm actually about that life if shit escalates. Marie would never have this energy with a woman, parentheses Devon, who she knows would beat her ass. Straight laugh cry emoji, tilt laugh cry emoji, which is now my favorite emoji combination. And Marie concludes by saying, I literally argued with Devon in the house face to face, but they didn't show it. You wouldn't know because you weren't there. Also, wasn't it Day who called you out on Big Brother for this exact thing? Pretty lame, Marie. I wish we were ending on a poly tweet. <laughs> New vendettas being born every day on Twitter. And this was all happening, like, almost in real time. One of the tweets is September 5th, 1.17 p.m. So God knows what happened since I looked at this at, like, 2.30. Right. Oh, my God. Like... This is this. Uh, I think the fan was right that Marie should have just walked away because Polly was just like lighting her up. Yeah, Marie didn't really stand much of a chance there. Not with the person who's bred for this. Uh, so that that is it. I mean, like there could be anything no, no, else. Can't do anything more. Just cannot. If you want to tweet or follow us, you can do so for me at Cullen Bryan underscore, and for you at Last Tweets. We'll be back uh, next week for episode ten. Until then. Have a good one.